The song is such a simple song, but one that carries such a tremendous message for us of committing ourselves to not being ashamed of who we are and why it is that we've chosen to follow the Savior. As firm as his stone is, so is his promise that he will indeed keep his word for those who remain faithful unto him. But as was read in the scripture reading this morning, there is a need for Christians to be reminded of what is involved in this life that we lived. First part of chapter 4 talks about our have living in the world and being of the world and then coming out of the world to serve God. And when we've done such, such as found in verse 4, they think it's strange that we do not run to the with them in the same flood of dissipation, and they speak evil of us. They're not understanding why a change was made in us, what made that change possible. They understood a life that we lived and how we ran with them and living the life that we chose. And now there's a different life being lived because of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And as a result of that decision that we've made to be willing to follow God, the world has resolved to persecute those who no longer think, act, and live like they lived. It's difficult for those of the world, and at one time that's where we were, that those of the world would not believe that a life that they were living would bring eternal destruction upon them. Most of the people that we encounter Believe that there are good people. You hear that said about a lot of people down through time, be it neighbors, be it friends, family. They're a good person. They'd give you the shirt off their back. They'd do anything they could to help you. They're kind, they're compassionate, and so on and so forth. But they do not understand this new life that is found only through the blood that Jesus shed upon that cross. There's a new purpose that is lit. And it's not just this life that matters. It's striving to live a different life. And again, the world does not understand that. And the world seeks to remove that which is uncomfortable for them. And that's those who would choose to follow God. 
So he's reminding them in verse 12. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. None of us cherish hard times. None of us cherish difficult times. But oftentimes we fail to see from a different perspective of what God has in store for us. Our faith is to be purified through, as through fire, refined as gold is. The removing of the impurities from the life. And he's saying these fiery trials. It's one thing when you're mocked, maybe ridiculed, maybe shunned or evil spoken of. But when the persecution is intensified and bodily harm may come your way, sometimes it's hard to keep this perspective that God is pointing out here in Peter. Fiery trials to try you, to test you. God wants to know why you've chosen to follow him. He already knows the heart, I know, but he, but he wants to know why is it that you have chosen to live this life that is different from the world? Not only why, but he also wants to know how committed are you to this lifestyle that you've chosen to follow. So there are tests that come our way. Satan is involved in testing us for evil. But we're reminded from God as well that we can resist the devil and he will flee from us. We can draw near to God and he will draw near to us. But there are tests that are placed upon us. The trials come. And as we read scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament, sometimes they were very severe. You can look as a Hebrew writer described in that 11th chapter of Hebrews in verse 35 and following. It's always nice to read verse 1 through 35, first part of 35, because it's a good chapter of faith. And all of those that are mentioned there had positive outcomes for their faith in God. So you start with verse 35 and following, and you see that there are others who suffered severe persecution lost their lives, sawn in two, fed to the wild animals, went around destitute, without food, of whom the world was not worthy to receive. And they did it for a 
an inheritance that has not yet been received. But they had a trust, a commitment to God that this world is not home. Right out a little bit earlier there in that 11th chapter, around verse 16. They, think, they seek a country that is not here, that is eternal in the heavens. But these trials are to test us. How committed are you to God? What would it take to discourage you? What would it take to draw you away from God? The loss of physical property? The loss of physical health? The loss of physical life? Satan had a degree of what was right of human nature. As he approached God in the book of Job, in chapters 1 and in chapter 2, he had a concept again that all that a man has, he'll give for his life. And you look at human nature and see if that's not true. Human nature. What are the lengths that a person is willing to go through for physical life? What are they willing to give up just to have physical health? And how important is it to them? All that a man has, he'll give for his life. But God believes that man can, man has, and man will rise above the physical and seek that which is spiritual. Sometimes it's hard to make that separation. But we do see it in the world all the time, to a degree. We've had the floods in the Houston area. We've had the forest fires, not the forest fires, there's no forest out there. We had the brush fires out in California that raged. And how many times have you heard the individuals following that make the comments that they've made? They lost all of their pictures. They lost all of their, anything that pertained to life. It's all gone in a flash. But how many of them have stayed it? But we have our life. We have our life. The other things are just things. It's life that is precious. So the physical, uh, the physical world understands that. Do we in the spiritual realm understand that as well? Everything that we have, everything that we possess are just things. It's the spiritual soul that makes the difference. 
the physical world are glad for the physical life. But more times than not, they do not look for the spiritual life. They will go back to the rebuilding, the physical, back to reestablishing the physical, and give not much thought to the spiritual. And fail to realize again, as the Hebrew writer was said in 927, it's appointed unto man once to die. And after this, judgment. There's a time frame that we have. We have a beginning of days and an end of days. But there is an eternity for the soul. Do not think it strange for these fiery trials that may come your way to test you. Oftentimes, as we talk about Israel of old and the wilderness, oftentimes I've used the expression, I've heard it said, that Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And then I read Deuteronomy 8, verses 2 and 3. And I'm reminded even before I read that, that Israel did not wander in the wilderness. God led them in the wilderness those 40 years. A pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. God led them. It's verse 2 that reminds us why. God led them these 40 years in the wilderness for him to know what was in their heart. Would they follow God or not? He wants to know what's in the heart. The fiery trials. The severe persecution that seems to have come. What's in the heart? And as you read about Israel in the wilderness, almost from the time they left Egypt, but really even before they got out of Egypt, they were already questioning God. You took us out of Egypt. We haven't crossed the Red Sea and the, and the army's coming. Why did you do this to bring us out here to slaughter us? Where's our trust in God? And how many times do we need to heed the admonition that God gave Moses that would give to the people? Stand still. And see the hand of the Lord. Stop. Stop letting the world whirl around you and control you. Stop and see the hand of the Lord. He wants to know what's in your heart. Will you trust him? Will you obey him or not? Then, of course, Deuteronomy 8, 3 is quoted by Jesus in Matthew 4, 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. 
We live by the word of God. Is he who has promised, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. Hebrews 13 and verse 5 and 6. He further reminds us of the Lord before us. Who can be against us? What can man do to us? Do we honestly, truly, with the depths of our soul, believe that if the Lord is for us, what can man do to us? Jesus says, don't fear the one who can kill the body and not the soul. I tell you, the one to fear is the one who can destroy both the body and the soul in hell. But the one who can only touch the body. That's just a, that's just a time element, is it not? The body, the physical body, is going to die. Regardless of what man does, it's going to die. So that's just a time element. The one who can only destroy the body is this shortening the life, the physical life. But if one is a child of God, that eternal reward is there. He has not lost, he's gained. So why do we fear the one who can kill the body? This fiery trial is to test you. How much do you believe God? How far are you willing to go in following God? Is it going to make that much difference? If I cave into the world and spare my life for another 20 years, and die. What have I gained? I am still going to stand before God. To answer for the deeds done in the body, whether they be good or whether they be evil. I'm going to answer. Did I deny him in order for me to live those 20 years? What did I gain? It's all going to be left behind. Reading the book of Ecclesiastes is an interesting book to read through. It's a challenging book as well. But Solomon of old knew what he was talking about. Vanity of vanity, all is vanity. Sad that he did not always listen to his own wisdom and the counsel that he gave. But it's all vanity. The weak die, the strong die. The wicked die, the righteous die. It's the way of the earth. It's the way it is set up. One may have a long life, may one have a short life. Mankind's caught under that at least a little bit along the way. One of the commercials out there is shown two individuals, one who is not healthy and the other one who is healthy. The one who is not healthy is a little bit older and the other one who is healthy is not. But it goes on to say, a heart attack doesn't care 
A heart attack doesn't care what your age is, and it doesn't care what your health is. It can come to anyone at any time. Wow. We strive to preserve the physical. Peter is asking, are you striving to preserve the spiritual? Are you striving to preserve the spiritual soul? If you suffer as a Christian, glorify God in that. Peter closed out that chapter by saying, you've trust himself to a creator who is faithful to do what is right. That's the key, is it not? Do you trust yourself to God who is the creator who created you? Do you trust the God who is the creator to do what is right? He knows what he's doing. And what I see as bad may indeed be a means of purification. Help me to re-examine my life and to put things into a different perspective again to realize what is important to me. It is the soul's salvation. Jesus came, gave his life, in order that we might live. Shed that blood for the forgiveness of our sins. That those who would believe that he indeed is that Savior, the only Savior of mankind, with a willingness after understanding that it is sin that separates us from God, is willing to repent of those sins, to confess him as the Lord and the Savior, then to obey him, and a watery grave of baptism for the remission of those sins so that one may be raised to walk that new life, a child of the living God. And then to fully understand that that is just the beginning, that after this, it's living that faithful life in the eyes of God. To God be faithful and true. You live for him, and you serve him. Can you sing the invitation song with an understanding that that's really what you're wanting? Above everything else, that is what you're wanting. Lord, I'm coming home. Lord, do not let anything in or of this world keep me from coming home. God in his grace and his mercy gives us time and opportunity in which to make changes in our life. That as we sing that invitation song, if your life is not where it needs to be and you need to make a change, if we could assist you, if we could help you, Indeed, we bid you to come as together we stand and sing. I've wandered far away from God.